Welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode from Avondale Baptist Church. We are so happy to be sharing the Word of God with you and hope that this message is a blessing to you. And now, here's Brother Richard. Love changes everything. <clears throat> I pray that, that you would believe that statement is true. feel the Holy Spirit just want me to let you know that you are loved. Jesus loves you. This I know. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. You know, it's such a, 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 a kiddie song that that song, that hymnal, we, we sing it to our kids and we sing it in the nursery and and I never really sung it as a worship song. But I think there's some of us here this morning that needs to be reminded that Jesus loves you. I think there's some of you here this morning that you feel like you, it's been a long time since you've experienced some kind of love. And I want you to know Jesus loves you. We do what we do because he loves us first. I just want people to experience Christ's love. To have encounters with him that is life changing. It's transformational. But all we have to do is just allow him to work in our lives. And why is that so hard? Why is that so hard? It's like, I just want to be loved. We all want to be loved, right? Nobody goes on this world and says, I don't want to be loved. I want people to hate me. No, that's not true. And this whole series is about redeeming love and just the love of the Father and, and how he, going back to the basics, John three sixteen, Right? He, he loved us. He, he loves us so much that what? He gave his only begotten son. And I just feel like, whoo-wee, I don't know if it's the coffee or, or what, but I just, man, we've experienced a tremendous amount of love in these last couple of weeks, or I'm mean, sorry, these last couple of days. We were felt led to open up the shop as a warming shelter Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I, we did it last year and, and uh, we were able to, to team up with people and, and churches that just came together and just really... We didn't know what to expect, but all we know is that it's cold outside. People are homeless. People don't have running water or electricity. They need a warm place to stay. 
And I just praise God for my wife. I just praise God for the heart that she has. Even though sometimes logically it doesn't make sense. Babe, the shop is on a strict budget. You had to redo your budget. How can we afford? She's like, we have to do it. And then she reminds me of last year, how it was, everything was taken care of. And we just saw the outpouring of love from different parts of this community. We see it. We saw the story. We heard the story, or you've seen the story on Facebook where Hef's burgers uh, cooked about 90 burgers uh, and gave it to people on the highway. That is awesome. Subway fed the people that were staying at the shop one night. People just constantly giving. And we just finished the sermon of extravagant generosity. And we got to experience that. Even we got to experience that with believers. And we even got to experience that with non-believers. Can you believe that? Non-believers actually gave? Yes. And you know what's crazy? Is that we see in the non-believers that they didn't even hesitate. They didn't even hesitate. They didn't have any excuses. They were just like, we want to give. We want to do this. We want to do that. And then me, a pastor, was making excuses. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, we got to, if we do that, Becky, we got to have somebody there 24-7. Oh, you know how hard that's going to be? Oh, where's my faith? Where is my faith? We do what we do because we have been loved. We have encountered that love. Tonight, I want to talk about the steps of when to give generously. And I realized and I experienced these steps this past week. And I'm just going to just just run through them real quick because we're going to go into more detail tonight. But the first step is hearing from the Lord. It has to be the Lord's doing. It has to be the Lord that is speaking to you. And I've come to realize that a lot of times it's not a loud voice. A lot of times it comes in a whisper. The second thing The second step that comes is the excitement that you get when you hear from the Lord and you're like, you want us to do this, Lord? Oh, it's going to be exciting. Oh, yes, let's do it, man. We're going to we're going to be able to share the gospel with people. And then. After a while. That excitement doesn't last. And then fear sits in. It seems too crazy. Oh, that's crazy. We can't do that. It's just too much work. We have kids at the house. I can't trust them by themselves. And then the next thing is logic.
reasoning why we shouldn't. Oh, we don't have any money. We're on a tight budget. Logic isn't always wrong. But when it goes against God's word, when it goes against his voice, it is wrong. Because God's voice is always right. I mean, he asked Abraham to, to sacrifice his son. How crazy is that? So why wouldn't he expect us to do some crazy things when it comes to extravagant generosity? And then after that logic, it's doubt. Did he really say that? Does he really want us to do that? Does he really want us to serve at this church? Does he really want us to serve at this this ministry? Does he really want me to give this person a ride? Does he really want me to pay for this person's groceries? Does he really want me to put gas in this person's car? And then we end with faith. He's got to have faith. We've got to have faith because... It comes down to experiencing the love of Christ. And it's going to cone or funnel all the way down to the love of Christ. Do you know that you're loved? In Ruth, we're going to be looking at the story of Ruth. Ruth chapter 1. I would encourage you to go back and just read this book daily this week. It's not that it's not that big. It's only 4 chapters. Go back and and just read the story of Ruth. Kind of give you a background it's set during the time of of judges the author of judges describes as a sad period in israel's history there was no king in israel and everyone did whatever they wanted to do that does that kind of sound how we're living today right oh it's just a, a free world do whatever you want to do Hey, as long as you feel good about it, as long as it makes you happy, right? Everyone did whatever it seemed right. And it lasted about 300 years. 300 years. It was from Joshua's death until the rise of Israel's monarchy. They kept on asking, and they would ask for, for a judge. They would ask for a king, and, and, and God will continue to deliver them, deliver them a, a, a king. But they, eventually, they just were un, unhappy. And it was just a constant cycle. They get what they pray for. They're not happy with what they have, so they go back to their old ways. Does that sound familiar? Kind of how my life is, has been. Right? God is doing amazing things, and then somehow I just get caught up in those ruts. I want to do my own thing. I want to do the things that makes me feel right, that makes me feel good. 
This is the time that they were living in. Ruth was a Moabite. The land of Moab was the west was west of Judah. And on the far side, it was on the far side of the Dead Sea. And the, the Moabs were descendants from Lot, Abraham's nephew. And through Ruth was a Gentile descended from these circumstances that we're going to read about. She worshipped the God of Israel. She married into God's kingdom, into God's chosen people, and then became an ancestor of King David. And later on, we see Christ. It's such a beautiful, beautiful story. And we see during this time period, it was a a miserable period. Famine struck the land. It was a vicious cycle of just repeating itself. People fell into idolatry. God let their enemies oppress them. It was a bad situation. God would raise up a judge to rescue them. Just so that the people would be unhappy. Oh, how we can relate to that. How we can relate to that. Naomi, her two sons get married, and then she loses her husband. And she loses both of her sons. And we're going to see in Ruth loyalty to Naomi. See, Ruth found the true God to worship. And I have to believe that it was through Naomi because of how she acted and how she handled things and how they saw her pray and how they saw her worship God. Ruth knew that there was something there. And Naomi tells her daughter-in-laws that go back to the land where you came from. I'm old and I'm bitter. I have nothing to offer you. And Ruth was like, no. I'm going to follow you. I'm going wherever You are. And in verse 18, we see when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Naomi started, stopped, just decided to stop speaking to Ruth because she was so upset. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem. That all the city was excited because of them. And the woman said, is this Naomi? But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? 
So Naomi returned in Ruth, the Moabites, her daughter-in-law, with her who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the, bear, of the barley harvest. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and love you, Father, for who you are, what you have done, and what you are going to do. Oh, Father God, I pray that we would experience your love. Father God, there's so many of us here right now this morning that are living, are living bitter lives. Father God, there's people here that hasn't experienced your love in a very, very long time. And so, Father, I pray that through their sadness, through their tragedies, that you would just reveal your love to them, Father God, and that they would leave here changed. Oh, Father God, we, we need to have an encounter with you this morning. We need to have an encounter with you here. I need you, Father. Father, I pray that you would just Speak to us. The words that are coming out of my mouth, they're not my words, but your words. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So the beginning of Ruth, it it starts off as a sad story. A sad story of family tragedy. The depth of despair felt by Ruth and and her family, it paves the way towards the redemption that's about to await. The redemption that is going to happen at the end of the, the redemption that of Christ's love, of God's love. And there's some of you here this morning that you are in, in the midst of just in a dark place. You're in a rut, you're stuck. But I'm telling you, and I, and I pray that you're going to understand and see that it gets better. That God is waiting for you there at the end with open arms and he wants to lift you up and he wants to just just love on you. But will you allow him? Will you allow him to work in your life? See, I want you to understand that in the midst of your sadness, in the midst of your despair, God hears you. He hears me. When we are mourning, he hears us. Why? Because he, he is drawn to those who are broken. He is drawn to those who are hurting. That is such an amazing promise. He hears us. He hears me. And he gives us opportunity to turn To him. See Naomi's situation. Not only did most of her family die. But she was forced to return home. She was forced to return home as a poor widow. That has become bitter. Her sons passed away. Her husband passed away. You could just imagine in those times how a woman can feel. She probably felt embarrassed. She felt broken. She probably felt like she had no life worth living. And there's some of us here this morning that feels that way. 
There's some of us here this morning that, that God has speaking to you in a mighty way, but for whatever reason, you haven't, just, you haven't allowed him to just comfort you. And he wants to. He wants to love you. See, Naomi felt like the Lord's hand had turned against her. Yet it was through her difficult situation that God would work in a big way. It was through her difficult situation that God worked in a big, mighty way. Man, we got to experience this uh, this week. We were, had people come into the shop and, and they were homeless. And, and we met one guy that has been sleeping behind Pizza Hut three days prior to we met him. And he heard about this warming shelter. He knew that he needed to find somewhere warm to stay because he wasn't going to be able to survive. And we got to see that transformation. And when you, when you work in something like this in the warming shelter, one of the hardest things that we've learned is not starting it, it's closing it down. Why? Because we have to send those people back out. We have to send those people back out on the streets knowing that it's going to be cold again. Knowing that they don't have anything to cover them from, from the weather or, or from the cold or their sleep. It's just... Mm, here in Sweetwater, there's people that are homeless. Why is there people? Why is there people homeless in Sweetwater, Texas, when we have a church in every street corner? I just want to ask you that. Why? Why is that? The church is failing. We're not doing what we are supposed to, are so called to do. But talking to this individual Friday night, I was on duty and we went and checked this guy's blood pressure. He was having problems with his blood pressure and we were there checking his vitals and stuff. And, and I was talking to that guy that was homeless and, and I said, hey, man, do you have a plan? We're fixing it. We're going to close tomorrow. You know, what, what kind of plan do you have? And he says, man, I'm going to be all right. He says, I'm going to be all right. He says, man, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, go in front of Tractor Supply, and I'm going to look for work. i got to find me a job. He says, I gotta he says but it's so hard because I don't have a cell phone. I don't have any kind of identification. He doesn't have any kind of ID. He says, so I'm going to just go to Tractor Supply and just stand there with a the sign saying it's looking for work, and maybe somebody, a farmer, a rancher, somebody will need some help on the farm, and they would hire me. He says, but I'm going to be all right. I said, but where are you going to stay? He says, man, I'm going to be all right. He says, coming to this place, what y'all have done has, has given me hope for humanity. It's given me hope that there's actually people that really care about those outcasts, about the ones who are marginalized, the ones who we treat them as they are outcasts. Which those are the ones that God calls us to go and reach. And he says, man, he, he was just so excited in what he got to experience. 
He was so excited. He even got to call his mom and his dad. His, this fellow was from Detroit, Michigan. I still haven't really figured out how he ended up here. I'm sure he said, but. And it was so, it was just a blessing to hear him that what the people in this community, what the churches did, what, what businesses did for these people was, was gave these people some hope. Something that they've lost a long time ago. There was another story where these truck drivers, there were Somalians. And there were team drivers and, and they come in, they came in about three o'clock in the morning. And, and they come in with an attitude. And they come in and I show them to their room and they're like, this is it? I was like, yeah, this is all we have, a cot and a blanket and a heater. And you, you, could, you could take it or you could go back outside and sleep outside. Oh, no, no, you know. Having some conversations with them, I knew that maybe it was their culture where that, why they were being so rude or, or what it was. And, and we started talking and there was, there was some discussion saying that, oh, well, there's some things that we just can't do because shelters like that are not allowed to do that kind of stuff. And I said, we're not that kind of shelter. And he says, this is not your full-time job. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, we just decided that this was a need that was going to happen during the cold weather. And we just decided to open up. But this is not a full-time shelter. Nobody gets paid for doing this. He says, so y'all are doing this because y'all want to? It's like, yeah, because Jesus commands us to. Jesus commands us to love each other, to love one another, to serve one another, to take care of those people in need. Man, his attitude changed. He's like, oh, thank you. Next thing you know, they're playing dominoes and, and watching basketball. And him just enjoying their time. I say all this because it all comes down to love. If we don't have love in the things that we're doing, we're just making a lot of noise. We're just making a lot of noise. And I don't want us to be a church that is making a lot of noise. I want us to, to be a church that is actually doing things. That we're actually the boots on the ground that are actually making an impact, not just for the kingdom, but actually making an impact in people's lives. Because when we see that Ruth is going to experience that, she's going to experience that somebody cares. She's going to experience that love. And we're going to see that it changes her life. It changes. It's kind of the kind of like the parallel to Luke chapter 15, the parable of the lost sheep. That one that is stranded. Did Jesus stay back and tend to the 99 and just let that one go off? No. He says he left the 99 to go after that one. And that's what we should be doing. Every single one of us has that one. 
Every single one of us has that one sheep that has strayed away that God wants you to bring them back into a relationship with Christ. Who is that one? Who is that one? We see... We're going to see through this story that God is preparing. God is going to put people directly in her path. That's going to be life changing. And I know that for some of you, there's people that God has placed in your path. And if you stay connected, it's going to be life changing. It's going to be life-changing. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. But all we know is that today is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day. What is it that we are doing today for the advancement of his kingdom to be the love of Christ to others? to serve the widows, to serve the brokenhearted, to to reach the lost. What have we done? In your bulletin, you might have received this paper in in your bulletin if you got it. And all it is, it's a blank, and I want you to put your name on it. And so on mine it says, Richard so loved the world that he gave blank. Man, what did I give? What did you give? See, the point here is not to equate anyone with God, but it's to ask in response to God's generous love towards us, towards me, towards you. How can we respond to this world that God so loves? If you need a sheet, we got some people that are hanging, hand, handing those out. And as Gary gets ready for the invitation, Richard so loved the world that he gave what? What am I willing to offer to give? To people in this world, love, prayer, time. And I want this to be your, you fill it out. And be honest. See, because God loves us so much that he gave His only son. He's not asking for you to give up your son or your daughter. But what is it that he's asking you to give? Maybe it's a church. Maybe it's a ministry he wants you to be a part of. Maybe it's that one lost sheep that he's asking you to bring back. 
The point is that God is asking something of all of us. What is it? As the Holy Spirit begins to work in your heart, I pray that you would listen to what he says. Maybe he's telling you the first thing is, is to have that relationship with Christ. Have, maybe that's the first step that you need to do. Is take that first step and say, you know what? I want to receive Christ as my Lord and Savior. Then I encourage you to allow that to be your first step. That you understand that he gave his son. And what he did on the cross was for you. Maybe it's a renewed relationship. Maybe it's time for your relationship to be renewed with our Lord and Savior and take these opportunities to come. Maybe it's to repent of a sin that has distracted you from your relationship with Christ. Take these opportunities. I'm going to ask all of us to stand and just play soft. Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful message. We pray that it has been a comfort and a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to join us here at Avondale Baptist Church. Until we see you again, always remember, Jesus loves you.